Welcome to the Healthy Doctor Podcast, where we host conversations about physician well-being. I'm Dr. Steve Sartori, Director of the Center for Well-Being at the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Physician leadership is of paramount importance in the current healthcare environment. In order to be effective leaders, physicians must learn the skills required of competent leaders. My guest on this episode, General Mark Hurtling, is a seasoned military leader who is able to transpose the leadership development techniques and skills of the military into the healthcare context. General Mark Hurtling retired from the United States Army in 2013 after 38 years of service. He finished his military career serving as the commanding general of the United States Army Forces in Europe and is the recipient of multiple military awards and decorations. After several years as a senior vice president at Florida Hospital in Orlando, he is now an advisor to the Advent Health Leadership Institute. He designed and teaches a physician leadership development program, and his book, Growing Physician Leaders, was published in 2016. General Hurtling holds a BS from the United States Military Academy, a Master's of Kinesiology, a Master's in Military Arts and Sciences, a Master's in International Relations and Security Studies, and a doctorate in Business Administration. Mark is married to his best friend, Sue. They have two sons and five grandsons. It is a great privilege to welcome General Mark Hurtling on this episode of The Healthy Doctor. Well, it's a pleasure to have General Mark Hurtling with me today, and thank you very much for joining me, Mark. It's a privilege and an honor to be with you, Steve. Thank you for having me. Well, I know that you are a retired military general, and I also know that you uh, decided not to to quit in the sense that you now have entered the healthcare marketplace or the healthcare organizational uh, domain as a physician leadership development expert. And so how did you move from the military into medicine? <laughs> that's that's an interesting question. Uh, and and I have a bunch of answers, but I'll try and give you the shortest one. Uh, when I was still in the military, I was approached by a CEO of a hospital system asking if I might be interested in uh, running a initiative that they were developing on global health. He pursued me. I was still in Europe commanding the forces in, in Germany. They invited me to this healthcare organization. I liked what I saw. It's a, a faith-based nonprofit, Advent Health, and uh, it was fascinating to see what they were doing. I have a little bit of a background. I have a master's in physiology and was just interested in what they were doing and what they were asking me to do. But what they recruited me for is something different than physician leadership. When I met the chief medical officer for this organization, he and I became close friends. And he, after a couple of months, told me about their journey they had been on trying to develop a physician leader course and how they had been dissatisfied with many of the approaches that they had taken. And the, and the physicians were not all that happy with it either. So after he got to know me, he said, you know, you've been steeped in leadership throughout your career. Would you be interested in maybe putting a course together for us and teaching it? And this was back in 2013, the year I retired. Uh, we started a course that I designed uh, based on a military approach to training leadership. After the first year of the, the class, we started seeing some interesting things happening with the attendees. Uh, we had 50 participants in that very first year 
that was the level that I said we could handle or I could handle as a instructor. And it was a mixed group of physicians, nurses, and administrators. 35 doctors were in the course, 10 nurses, and five administrators. And we've, we've sort of stayed with that demographic in every one of our courses. About halfway through the first course, we started seeing some interesting cultural changes of teamwork and people wanting to be leaders. That's where it all started. And since then, uh, I've been teaching the course within Advent Health. We're expanding it within the organization because the perceived success and what it's done with our culture. But I've also had the opportunity to be asked to teach it at a couple of other hospital systems, one of which was contributing to research that I was doing for a doctoral degree. So I've, I've become enamored with the dynamics of healthcare and healthcare leadership, especially as applied by doctors. Mm. I'm sorry for that. That's a long story for a short question, but, but that's the best I can do. No, it's, uh, it's very helpful. So you had this background and interest in physiology. You get approached by an organization, and then you get moved into a, a course, a development in Advent Health. And since you were, this was your first foray, in a sense, into uh, dealing with doctors more directly, I'm curious what you learned about doctors in the first time or two you really started interfacing with doctors at that kind of level? Well, when, when Dr. Moorhead, who was our chief medical officer, asked me to do this course, I, I was new to the organization and new to the culture and the industry. So I, I said to him, I said, Dave, you know, I, I could certainly try and do this for you, but I need to do some analysis first. So he gave me a month to walk around the hospital, to watch people in a very almost hidden mode. You know, I was, I was doing this and no one knew who I was. So I was watching things just to gain knowledge about the way the organization worked. And, and what I found was that doctors are a lot like soldiers. They're members of a profession. They're on call at any given time. They're, they're one of, two, you know, the military and, and medicine are the two professional bodies that deal in life and death, albeit in a very different way. And um, what I saw was that physicians, unlike soldiers, are trained in the science of, of medicine, but they're not trained in the art of leadership. There's very few medical schools that teach any kind of leadership approach. Uh, so that was the difference between the professions. And yet, uh, when I started all this, part of the rationale behind it, Dr. Moorhead said, was every professional journal was saying that we need physicians to lead, but he was convinced that we weren't helping them train to be leaders. And that's what he asked me to do. It is a different approach teaching the art of leadership versus the science of medicine. But I found as soon as we started this thing that doctors were yearning to learn more about leadership. They wanted to take charge, but some of them may not have had the background and, and some of the tips associated with leadership techniques to do that. How difficult is it to take a physician who is a clinically, scientifically trained individual human being and transform them or at least move them forward into leadership? What kind of challenge are you facing with that? Steve, it's, it's interesting because what I've found since beginning this, and, and by the way, this was a part-time job for me. This was not my full-time job. This was something you know, I put together for the hospital and then taught it once a month during a five-hour seminar. But what I found was that physicians are, as I said before, they're yearning to learn more about this. They really desire to become better leaders. And, you know, I'm not trying to provide any, if you will, sexy approaches to leadership. I have no bumper stickers. It's just 
leadership theory, which really has to do, if you look at any scientific research on leadership, it, it says that it really relates to three things, a person's behaviors, a person's competencies, and the way they influence others. So what we try to do is instead of putting a spin or trying to make it harder, what I did in the course was make the leadership approach we were teaching as simple as possible to give some tips about how do you self-develop? How do you approach your character and your presence and your intellect? How do you build your competencies of, of helping people trust you and, and communicating better and taking action and holding people responsible and giving authority? And then really sort of an approach toward helping people understand that there are various influence techniques to apply to help people become part of a team and, and do what the organization requires. And, and that's what's so important about healthcare is it needs all those things. And it needs the experts, and in this case, physicians and nurses primarily, and some administrators to really lead the triple aim, as, as the American Medical Association calls it, for changing our healthcare system. So you find these, uh, these doctors who are eager to learn. Most physicians are eager to learn. You're teaching them some new things, some skills, some competencies, and some things that are a little out of their normal domain. How did you find them responding to this? <laughs> That's a great question. In every single class we've had, and, and now so far we've had 13 different courses that have started in our organization and two in, in a couple other organizations, there's always, and this is true in most learning environments, but the first one or two lessons, the participants, and there's 50 of them, as I said, are somewhat standoffish. They're hesitant to say things. They're not willing to open themselves up as much. They're somewhat skeptical. You know, what's this general going to teach me about healthcare leadership? And it's only when you start really having the deep and interesting conversations that the participants start opening up a little bit, start doing a self-examination, realizing who they are and how they present themselves, what their character is and, and how they value other people, what their values are, what their life's mission really boils down to. You know, it's, it's that self-reflection of, first of all, who am I as an individual? How do I interact with other people? And how do I build teams through trust to accomplish an objective and communicate the right things. And that's really the essence of, of any kind of leadership at, at any level of an organization. So it sounds like uh, these uh, doctor learners are gradually taking to it, although skeptical perhaps at the beginning. Uh, you stick with them, you're committed to their learning, and they gradually uh, step into this new space. Well, what, what's also interesting, if I can, I, this was serendipitous when I talked to our chief medical officer, I said, hey, he, he wanted to have 50 physicians in the course. And I said, no, Dave, I think what we really need to do is have a mix of doctors, nurses, and administrators. Because if you're trying to build teams, and I didn't know they were called this at the time, but in healthcare, they're called interprofessional teams, you really have to give people the opportunity to exchange ideas between different cultures. And as we all know, there, there certainly are different cultures between a physician versus a hospital administrator. One administrator approaches healthcare from a business perspective, and doctors really primarily approach healthcare from a caring and a patient perspective. So you have to understand both approaches 
uh, and then you throw the nurses in the middle who will hold everybody accountable from what I've learned. They will really put the hammer down when they need to. So the conversations we had in these classes between these three different cultures really built uh, our professional teams within the organization. And beyond that, what's interesting, our hospital system here in Orlando, where I started off, has 11 different hospital campuses. We were also sharing ideas between campuses that had different demographic of patients. So it was really a unique opportunity to set up not only teams within hospitals, but inter-network teams within our various hospitals that will share ideas and different approaches and, and methods to giving best patient care. Well, it certainly is an important piece of medicine that we sometimes underplay, this sense of playing well together to maximize the uh, performance of the entirety of the organization, each individual piece being so important, and I'm sure that uh, there's similarities there with the military. Exactly right. And, that, and, and that's another approach that we took. And, you know, having grown up as a tanker and a cavalryman, you know, I had to deal with logisticians and special operators and artillerymen. And, you know, in, in the military, you have to work together as a team on the battlefield. And what a lot of research says in terms of physicians and administrators is sometimes they don't work well and play well together. And it's because they have different approaches. So if you can find the similarities more than the differences, it's important to contribute to a, a well-run organization or a hospital. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, one of the uh, challenges, of course, is that the best of clinicians do not always make the best of leaders in the sense that that technical competence and the high expectations clinically don't always translate into good people skills and the kinds of behaviors that cultivate this team mentality. So how do we pick those physicians who are going to be good leaders? That's another interesting approach because, again, I'm, I'm relaying a lot of conversations between our chief medical officer and me, but he would often come into my office and have a file of a doctor we were getting ready to hire, and he'd hand me the CV, and he said, so, Mark, what do you think of this guy? Would, would, would he be a good leader in our organization? And finally, I had a tough conversation with him. I said, Dave, I can't really determine who's a great leader based on their CV or their piece of paper, what they've done. To determine the good leaders, you really have to first see who they are. What kind of values do they have? How do they treat other people? You know, what kind of life's mission do they have and how will they fit into the context of the organization? So that's one of the things that you really have to look for in a leader is before you can say someone's a good leader, you have to first determine, are they a good person? Are they doing things for, quote unquote, the right reasons? And that's important in terms of determining who fits into leadership roles. Well, that brings another question. You know, if, if that's really the barometer of sorts and you can't discern that from a CV, can you even train that? Is that so intrinsic that some of that really can't be trained? I, I think you can. In fact, I know you can because we've seen it happen. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like believing in baptizing by immersion. You know it's, it can happen because you've seen it done. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> with, with, with the different techniques and the model that we use in terms of the elements of character, uh, what contributes to a good presence, and, and what kind of things fit into the intellect of an individual. Those are the three attributes of leadership that determine behavior. Can you point out where you might have a deficiency in, oh, I don't know, say empathy? Or can you tell someone, hey, you're, you're not very humble, 
and humility is an important element of character. So what do we need to do in order to work on humility or your emotional intelligence? How do you see other people? Uh, are you self-aware? So these are just things that we point out as part of the, the introductory part of the course, which is, who are you? The first two lessons that we teach as part of an eight lesson course is the leader that you are. And it, we, we do a real deep dive into determining what individuals' values are, how they see themselves contributing as a person to the social structure because they've chosen medicine. That's a, that's a, a really admired profession, but what does it mean? So it really takes a lot of our physicians back to, first of all, who they are before you talk about how do you interact with others. And then the third part of the course is how do you build teams to accomplish your goals? So again, trying to make it as simple as possible, those three techniques of self-awareness, engagement with others, building teams is really what leadership is all about. Well, it's good that you reduce it back down and say, what's the core here? Who are you? Who's the authentic you? Because if you begin to understand that, then you can, of course, uh, move into the other arenas. Correct. Yeah, sometimes we get it backwards. Uh, We just think we can make these things happen without going deeper. And uh, kudos to you for (laughs) helping doctors go to places they don't normally go to. You know, what What we started off doing uh, as we designed the course, what I provided to our CEO, our CMO, is here is what I think our objectives should be of this course. And the first objective is to grow the participants both personally and professionally. So it isn't just how do we make better leaders? And what you'll see in most leadership courses, they will immediately jump into things like communication or getting to yes or you know, name that tune. What we wanted to show first was, how do you help an individual become better personally and professionally that will contribute not only to his his or her ability as a doctor, but also his or her ability as a person, as a family uh, contributor, and, and someone who interacts with other people. So all of that's important. Yeah, so if a doctor is interested in leadership or becoming a leader, uh, and they've not yet taken your course, uh, you have any tips for doctors who are interested in moving in that direction? Well, there's there's a whole bunch of self-study courses in terms of how, how do I see myself better and how do I engage with others better. I won't name any of them, but you can certainly find a lot of them online. But I think what a lot of physicians do, and, and I'm sure you're aware of this, is they will want to become better leaders, so they immediately sign up for an MBA course or an MHA course And that probably deals more with management than leadership. Mm. There's a difference between the two. Leadership is really understanding people and engaging with people. And management really centers on processes and systems. Both are important. Don't get me wrong. But I think we pass over uh, leadership more for management. And what I would recommend for anyone who's interested in improving their skills is First, find out who you are, do a self-assessment, take a personality indicator, see what areas you can improve and what areas you just need to polish to be a better leader. Then maybe take a look at how you're engaging with other people in a dyad and have other people help you out there, getting a coach or a a mentor or 
having someone train you a little bit better in terms of those interpersonal relationships. Well, I'm glad to hear you mention a coach because uh, we have a coaching program here at CMDA and we help people uh, grow their leadership skills is one of the uh, things that we do. So yeah, very important to provide some insight and reflection for some of these doctors. We're, we're getting close to closing, but I, uh, I haven't allowed enough time for this, but I I was enamored by this thought about taking doctors to Gettysburg. I, I I was reading your book or reading a review of something, and I said, what in the world is this about? I know you said doctors are like soldiers, but now you're taking them to the battlefield. What is that all about? I have to dispense with the understanding that we're trying to make doctors battlefield historians or Civil War experts. What we do is we just give a, a very interesting introduction to the Battle of Gettysburg, and we assign each physician or every participant rather in the course, a personality to investigate, to analyze. So every single participant gets a general on either the north or the south side, and they learn a little bit about them. And then we take a battlefield tour and show the participants how these individuals led under the stress of battlefield conditions. And then we're not as interested in, in button collector history of what happened in Gettysburg on the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of July, 1863. What we're really interested in is, okay, you learn this lesson about personalities matter, our communication is important, our information exchange is critical, or where you are on the battlefield, quote unquote, is an important decider of how you make decisions, and toxic leadership and a variety of other subjects. And we show them what happened and how it affected the battlefield. And then my job, after the historian helps them work their way through what exactly happened, my job is to pull all of them back to the 21st century and say, okay, how does that lesson that occurred back then apply to healthcare today? How are you communicating with other people? Are there toxic leaders that you have to deal with? How do you pass information and where do you position yourself to learn the most? And so they come out of this exercise of a day walking around the battlefield of a greater understanding of who they are and how they work with others in a crisis. And healthcare, as you know, is always in a crisis, especially now during the pandemic. So it's fascinating to watch them walk away from And by the way, this is the favorite part of the course for everybody. And some of them have called it a religious experience to just really have a better feel for not only the dynamics of crisis leadership, but also how they can do better with communication, information exchange, contextual understanding, and uh, the various other things we cover walking around for a day in Gettysburg. That experience sounds uh, so interesting that I'm uh, eager to sign up for your course, and I'm sure many of our listeners will say, boy, that sounds really cool. <laughs> it, it is pretty neat. We've had a bunch of people come with us on that trip, and they, they just think it's going to be a historical event. And they are fascinated. We, we had the CEO of our entire system come with us last year, and he just thought this was a field trip, you know, a little boondah. And, and he was exhausted at the end of it, emotionally and physically. And he said this was the best thing he had ever been on. So it's, it's what the business world calls an extraordinary experience mm -hmm. and drives the teaching points home. Yeah. Well, these immersive experiences where we do more than just think about it, but we actually experience it, they, it, seals the, it just seals the learning. It solidifies it for us. So that's great. Sounds fantastic. Uh, 
Mark, we're about out of time. I'm just wondering, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we sign off? Well, I'd only say that, you know, I left the military in 2013 after 38 years in uniform, and I was concerned that I wasn't going to find as much family and as much values and as much inherent goodness in my second career as I did in my first. And what I found in healthcare is I really admire all the people who contribute uh, to healthcare, the doctors, the nurses, the administrators, and the things that they do. And I, I just hope that uh, our society understands how critically important they are. And I think certainly that's becoming true more and more as, as they see the professionals dealing with this pandemic as we work our way through this crisis. So thank you for all, and, and thank you and all of your listeners for the things you do to take care of America's health on a daily basis. Well, thank you. I think we have a mutual respect for the military and health care and the historic professions, and uh, let's keep encouraging one another to uh, do what we're called to do. You bet. Thank you, Steve. I would sure like to have more time to speak longer with General Mark Hurtling, but he gave us many thoughts to take away. How doctors are a bit like soldiers, except trained in the science of medicine rather than in the art of leadership, and yet they like to learn and have the capacity to grow into significantly effective leaders. That's good news for us as doctors. But exploring the depths of who you are is paramount and important to developing as a leader. Who are you? What makes you a good person? What's the character underlying your leadership? How do you grow personally and professionally so that you can then step up into that leadership space? And the importance of leaders at so many times of crisis, like where we are at right now with healthcare being in such high demand and in such a crisis situation. I don't know what your takeaway was, but there's plenty of food for thought for all of us. If you're interested in learning more about physician leadership, I urge you to get the book entitled Growing Physician Leaders, Empowering Doctors to Improve Our Healthcare. You can find it on Amazon. At the CMDA Center for Wellbeing, we help healthcare professionals align with God, optimize well-being, and maximize influence. We offer professional coaching services that help you manage burnout, navigate change or transition, or grow your leadership skills. We also host coach training events that teach you how to help others without giving advice. For more information, visit cmda.org wellbeing or email wellbeing at cmda.org. If you want to learn the basics of coaching, our foundational training course is now being offered in an online format over eight weeks starting Monday evening, September 28. This course is approved for 12 CME credits. For more information, visit cmda.org slash events. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Healthy Doctor. If you like the podcast, please take time to leave a good rating, as you might encourage someone else to subscribe. Please tune in again next month, and until then, care for yourself as you care for others. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. 
CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.